0: What happens when two dudes, one, a retired Navy SEAL commander in Colorado Springs, and the other, a hippie meditation teacher in New York City, get together to discuss living mindfully? That's a great question, because we don't know what will happen either. Raw, uncut, and unapologetic. Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with co-hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Each week, we take an authentic dive into how mindfulness continually impacts our lives, deepens our relationships, and allows us to be emotionally alive. Now, onto the show.
1: Forgiveness is not always easy. At times, it feels more painful than the wound we suffer to get to forgive the one that inflicted it and yet there is no peace without forgiveness that's from Marianne Williamson welcome to men talking mindfulness we do our best to demystify and make mindfulness meaningful to you I'm Will Schneider here in the Big Apple New York City joined by my co-host and brother from another mother, John McCaskill, in in some town called Colorado Springs. Um, (laughs) John John Abadi joins the show today to help us understand the capacity to forgive. John has lived through a a tragic personal event that might leave some men forever bitter, angry, and resentful. Instead, through the power of forgiveness, John transformed this event from a soul-crushing experience into a life of peace and living on purpose. We will get to his conversation here shortly, but uh, over to John, our co-host, for some announcements. What's up, John? How are you doing today?
2: Well, I'm doing well, Will. Good to see you and very excited to jump into this conversation. And just for our audience, because my name is John, or at least I go by John, and we've got John Abate on today. For the sake of that, um, I'm going to be going by my full name today, Jonathan just to clarify. So when there's uh, questions targeted towards John, he'll answer it. When it's towards Jonathan, I'm going to answer it. At least that's what we're going to try to do in theory. I'm going to I'm gonna try whatever. to call you Jonathan yeah. as best yeah. I can, John. Jonathan. <laughs> <John, John, laughs> John, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it works out. And also you're going to have to excuse my cough. Hopefully I won't cough too much, too many times into the microphone today, but all right. So that enough said, thanks for tuning in. that's on video or on the podcast, we appreciate you, our audience. We couldn't do this without our listeners, without our viewers. That said, please, please, please help us to grow the show and spread our important messages by liking the episode with that thumbs up button on YouTube and hit the subscribe button there too. There is, that is one place where the number of likes and subscribers actually does matter in the, in the algorithm. So the more likes we get, the more views, the more subscribers we get, then that grows our audience. So again, please hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. And if you're listening on the podcast, we'd love it if you'd write us a review. So you guys are as much a part of this show as we are. So that's enough of the shameless plugs. Let's bring our guest, John Abate, up on the screen. There he is. Good, John. How are you? Great to see you guys. Doing well. Awesome. I'm going to just go through your bio. John Abate is trained and qualified to teach MBSR, which is Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. He got his qualification through the University of California, San Diego Center for Mindfulness. Along with his training credentials, John has spent time formally on silent meditation retreats, and he co-leads and facilitates mindfulness and meditation retreats based in Joshua Tree, California. John shares his path discovering mindfulness and spiritual practice with local community organizations, corporate workshops, and has spoken on podcasts about topics related to mindfulness, meditation, and cultivating a daily practice. You can find John enjoying time in the backcountry of the Sierra Nevada mountains, backpacking, paddleboarding, cycling in his hometown of San Diego, and spending time with his family and friends in the community. I love San Diego. I've spent much time out there. I love it. So great to, uh, great to have you on here, John. We're going to be jumping into our opening practice, which Will will lead here, and then we're going to get into our meat and potatoes of the show with the questions about forgiveness. Over to you, Will.
1: All right. So, uh, all right, let's find some peace, everybody. So uh, you know the drill. If you're new to the show, we do this to uh, teach you, give you some skills, some soft skills to find peace, to relax, to... Uh, um, just get out of your crazy mind and into your, more of your heart. So, uh, we're just going to do some simple breathing. Uh, so if you can close your eyes, go right ahead and do so. If you're doing this while you're mowing the grass or, you know, working out or, uh, you know, driving a car, you can also, uh, do this breathing practice as well. Um, so I'm going to close the eyes, go right ahead and do so. Uh, we're just going to work with, um, you know a triangular breath today we're going to inhale for five seconds hold the breath for five exhale for five seconds and really on those exhales and the inhales really try to smoothly from the very beginning all the way to the end breathe through right th- that breath so let's start the nice little exhale out the mouth ah, great 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 good let's take a nice inhale through the nose for five four three Hold that breath softly, gently for five, four, three, two, and get, get ready to very smoothly on the exhale, let it go out, for very smooth, right from the beginning for five, four, three, do the best you can, two, one, and repeat, inhale, five, big balloon is filling your torso, hold that balloon for five, exhale softly from the beginning, five, four, three, Two, one, and a few more times. In five seconds, smoothly filling that balloon in your torso, holding that balloon five. Exhale five. Again, in five. Hold. Try not to scrunch your shoulders or your face or your jaw, and then let that go out. Five, four, three, two, one, and one more. In, five. Hold your breath. Five. Exhale, let go. Five, four, three, two one very nice come back to just a couple normal breaths in your body and really trying to fully experience those breaths the sensations of those breaths just being aware of those sensations helps to create or just give you more presence in this moment it's the only time it ever is here and now and the breath is one way to cut through all the chatter and all the distractions to get back to the now and when you're ready, you can make some movements in your neck, open your shoulders a little bit if you like, oh, and then open your eyes <clears throat> and let's start this show and dive into the capacity to forgive. John, Abadi, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we really uh, appreciate your time. Uh, we have, um, you know, you have a, a really interesting uh, story that we'd love to get some background on that helped you kind of get to forgiveness. Um Uh, So if you want to just jump in right there, we'd we'd love to hear um, your story, please. Yeah, I'd love to.
3: Thanks again for having me on. I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Uh, This is actually a story um, that uh, has a happy ending, but it does involve trauma. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess to go back and... uh, you know, sort of start from the beginning and just give a little background. So um, I was living in San Diego. You know, I do need to update my bio as well, because I'm talking to you now from the East Coast. Yeah, uh, yeah, yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. I'm be- <laughs> Where, <laughs> I'm Where are I'm you on the East Coast? Coast, Coast? John, I'm, just, I'm, just I'm in Connecticut. So I was born and raised here in Connecticut, came back this summer, and uh, it was time to be closer to family and family in need. And uh, it's just wonderful to be back here. But San Diego, Southern California is just near and dear to me. Um, You know, after I left uh, the East Coast after high school, just kept pushing West and uh, found myself on the West Coast. And during that time, I uh, found a sport that was, uh, it just, consumed me. And this was road cycling. And so I started competing uh, at a pretty elite level, you know, I was racing competitively and traveling with a team and, um, and and in order to sort of keep that up and to be um, wanted back every year with the team it involves a lot of time and dedication to training. So on to the story. Um, So it was it was a summer morning. In August of 2016, I had uh, just left the house with a good friend of mine, a neighbor, and uh, a training, training buddy of mine, uh, and we were about a half mile from my house heading out to do uh, this great long Sunday loop that we'd do. You know, we'd log in like 75, 80 miles, uh, and we were getting ready to go back and do a race here, ironically, on the East Coast. Um we we're about a half mile from my house and we were just cresting the hill and there's this beautiful golf course in a lake uh alongside the road and i was telling my friend how much i loved riding up on this section in the morning because as the sun's rising the dew on the grass and the steam coming off of the lake was so beautiful and in mid-sentence of telling him that i was hit from behind by a car right in the bike lane and, yeah. uh, we never saw it coming, you know, never mm. ne- didn't hear anything, didn't see anything. And, uh, I, I was in really bad shape. I had, uh, they, they estimated that the driver was doing between, you know, 50 and 55 miles an Jesus. hour. wow! And I, uh, you know, and, and, and luckily my friend who, you know, we were riding shoulder to shoulder in the bike lane, you know, he wasn't touched, but, um, you know, I, I, um, I was thrown from the bike about 40, 45 feet. And, uh, when I landed, you guys, you can imagine every, everything gave, right? So I had, um, I had broken just about everything in my body. You know, I had a compound leg fracture. I had shattered vertebra in my spine. Uh, I was concussed, broken bones, and I had internal bleeding, which I found out later in the, in, when I was in the ICU. And that really got them, you know, to pay attention to getting me rushed to trauma center. But um, that was the turning point for me when I was in the hospital. And, um, about three days later, I had gone through the the first two, I think, uh, surgeries. They had, you know, repaired my leg and inserted a rod, uh, and then had, uh, gone in and done a five level spinal fusion. And right around, uh, day three or day four, uh, a group of men, uh, good friends and, uh, and uh, guys that I know uh, in the community uh, came to visit and uh, during the time that uh, they were visiting with me, you know we were talking about the accident and my and my injuries and uh, you know I was told that the driver had never stuck around. It was actually a hit and run mm. and and people in the community were looking for the driver. Um, mm. And something happened, um, and it didn't take very long for me to, you know, sort of process what had occurred. Uh, you know, I'm going back through my mind about, I really don't have much recollection of anything that morning, but I'm going back through my mind about how this could have happened. And I just simply asked everyone everyone there to just join hands together and say a prayer for the driver. Wow. And, and ask for forgiveness. Um, what that was, to this day, I'm still in search of. I think I have a good idea of it, and hopefully, you know, we can unpack that a little bit uh, today. But um, it moved a lot of a lot of the guys that were there, and still to this day, I have conversations with those men um, and. Uh, it, it was inspirational, confusing, of course, you know, I mean, a, you know, a lot of people kind of hear that and, and think, well, you know, what's what's something so, so just, you know, I can't even describe the words that were used and the language that we'd use to describe the person that had hit me. But how could you find the, the capacity there on the spot to forgive? And I think that there's something so much deeper than uh, just what our thinking minds want to tell us about the story of, of what had happened in, in these situations. There's something so much deeper that I tapped into, and that's led me on my path and and where from where I sit today. So John, just so John, I'm clear, John.
2: Oh no, guys, John. Jonathan, go ahead. Yeah, yeah John, that's right, Jonathan. <laughs> so, uh, John. Before the accident, were you already uh, a mindfulness practitioner, uh, MBSR teacher, or is this something that has happened since?
3: It's all occurred since that, since wow. that trauma. Yep. Wow. I, I had had yeah. some. I had had some experience, uh, you know, on and off throughout my life. You know, in my college years, I found Buddhism and, and meditation, and uh, but you know, it, it just wasn't. It wasn't really the the time for me to
1: devote to a practice because I just wasn't ready for the calling. Wow. And just so I'm clear, so you get in this severe accident, go through a bunch of surgeries over a few days at like the third day after the injury or fourth day after the injury, you kind of, you know, it's not like you weren't conscious, but you're now you're more, I guess, out of crisis in some ways and, and healing. And all of a sudden, or you just have some sort of divine humility, if you will, that just kind of comes in and, and you're just, instead of being angry, bitter, resentful and wanting to like, uh, get revenge on this particular person, uh, uh, forgiveness comes through. Hmm. Is, is that, is that what I'm hearing? Well, therein lies the $64 million question, you know, where, <laughs> yeah. exactly, where yeah. exactly does
3: that come from? You know, and I think that that's, yeah. that's played a pivotal role in my in my seeking in my journey uh along my spiritual path you know after i got out of the hospital you know i spent about 14 15 days in the hospital and i had a long recovery time and during that time that's when i turned within you know i started asking the questions of where where does that come from you know where does the capacity to forgive come from um Hmm. and um you know i would be I would be not human to say that, of course, you know, the, the, the gamut of emotions that one runs through in these in these situations are just completely uh, normal. Right. You know, there's there are there have been and are still times where um, I think about um, justice. And mm-hmm. if you were to ask me, you know, today, where do I sit with that? I think it's it's a it's a worthwhile endeavor to to you know if this if this person were ever found to to seek justice because um therein lies the ability to hope that this doesn't happen to someone again but I don't hold on to the pain and the anguish that I would have expected to and I and I sense that something happened to me in the hospital that um Perhaps it was intuition to know that holding on to that wasn't going to help me to recover and heal. Mm. Uh, I think that there's a lot of different things that um, may have spurned that opportunity to ask for forgiveness and to bring the individual into my morning meditation um, and just hope that this doesn't occur every time this person passes by somebody stranded on the side of the road, may they stop and help or, Mm -hmm. you know, and just have a healthy dose of optimism.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this, this person, um, you know, it's kind of wild for me to think from, from my perspective that this person is still out there somewhere and they don't know your fate. They have no idea really. And they are, carrying that around with them, I mean, that's a that's a burden to carry, right, um, well, for them. So I wonder, you know, is there a part of you that wishes that you could meet with this person, not so that you could get justice, but so that you could, I mean, you have forgiven them, but so that you could ex- actually express your forgiveness to them um, and what that would do for you and for them? Well, yeah. So, John, you
3: bring up, something that actually I think is worth talking about. Um, I did spend a good deal of time thinking and feeling through what it may be like for someone to wake up every morning and know that they may have killed someone and left them on the side of the. And from that. From that experience. I think I truly touched a place of understanding compassion, and wow. to be able to to be able to mm. know compassion means to be able to experience that. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's it's empathy. You know, I, I I'm not mired in the feeling. I I, I can simply I I, I, su- I suppose the best way to describe what that might be like is putting yourself in someone's shoes. You know, th- this reminds me of, of, a, of a quote, I'll have to paraphrase, uh, one of the great thinking minds of Charles Eisenstein, if you're familiar with who he is. And he was asked about, uh, he, he said something to the, to the effect in talking about forgiving the forgiveness of, in the totality of all of the events that happen, happen in a circumstance or event, I couldn't say for sure what I would do. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, therein, and therein lies, you know, this understanding that we, we all there's a there's a dividing line between good and evil and good, you know, that crosses the heart in every human being. And I, I can't say for sure, you know, was this person under the influence, without a license, just afraid of going to jail or I may never know. And being right. comfortable with that fact is, is, is important to be
2: able to let go of that. Mm, that's powerful, man. Wow.
1: And uh, doing some research on forgiveness just to really help our audience uh, understand this uh, topic a little bit more, like I was doing, and there's a really good article that we can drop into the show notes here from the Mayo Clinic. And uh, there's a quote, it says, the act that, hurt or offended you might always be with you, but forgiveness can lessen its grip on you and help you free this is This is the key point, help you free from the control of the person who harmed you, which I thought was very interesting. And further, the article says forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting or excusing the harm done to you or making up uh, with the person who caused the harm. Forgiveness brings a kind of peace that helps you go- get on and go on with life. And and uh, as you're speaking here, uh, John, I can just feel so much peace and uh, coming off of you, which is, I mean, it's just really, um, I, this is probably the most peaceful guest that we've kind of spoke to, John, I feel, Mr. Commander John, Mc, Jonathan McCaskill. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's right. That, uh, that's
2: how you should address yeah. me for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, I, I, I mean, so this is really, um, uh, I mean, just like, and also, it kind of we have an, uh, another episode on like you know you can remain the victim in this circumstance you know uh, john like you've had you know from this tragic experience you know you could have just been the victim and you know uh i'd imagine that also this forgiving has helped you heal tremendously your body like physically uh instead of being like a victim mindset in this kind of condition you might always be complaining about the pain in your back or your leg or something like that which just would kind of make it worse and prevent you from healing um, uh, but you've really taken this, this event in your life and has really transformed it in such a positive way. And, um, and I, I, don't know what you want to say about that, but I thought it'd be interesting to bring in the, the victim mindset into this, which I feel, and also the power. If you don't forgive that, that situation, that those feelings, that person you know, has occupies some real estate in your mind and, and, and in your heart in some ways, if you, if you don't let it go. And that's really what, you know, forgiveness is. I, I have, uh, you know, also looked up like the just a general definition of forgiveness to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, um, you know, uh, for an offense, flaw or mistake. Um,
3: well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Will, you bring up so, so many good points, you know, and, and we, we, we'd all be Uh, well advised to remember the parable of the angry person holding the hot rock, aiming it at his enemy all the while they're just burning themselves.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great point. You know, there's so much
3: to say about um, my path and healing. I was told I may never race competitively again. Um, You know, you're told a lot of things by outsiders. Um, But I think if we intuit what, uh, well, what gets us up in the morning, you know, and, uh, you know, to, to, to live healthily in mind and body, it was extremely important for me to pay attention to all the things that needed to be done and, and to, to, to recover. And we focus so much on our bodies, but we also have to remember the capacity for which we think and feel. Um, and it was to your point, holding on to, the anger and resentment, I just, I had a sense that it wasn't going to serve me or the others in my life. And mm-hmm. we carry, I think, you know, something that um, that I teach in my workshops, when we touch on self-care, um, I, I talk a bit about um, the energy, the energy that is always moving, and if we believe that, um, if we believe that time is infinite and space is infinite, and our souls or whatever, our hearts or God is infinite, then I believe that the energy that we experience is also infinite. And so, holding something, mm-hmm. there's you're, you're you're creating you're you're creating the boundaries of that emotion. And we know that nothing's permanent. So even the wonderful things that happen, the joys and happiness in our life are fleeting as well as, you know, the, the difficulty and the sorrow and the pain and the energy, if it's, if it's, if it's moving in in a, I like to think of, think of it as a circle, if it's moving in a circle, then that energy just manifests into something else. So we have the, we can course correct if we're holding on to negative emotions. Um, And we, you know, we can, we can move and shift in a way of seeing that energy as something that can be utilized for the good of ourself and others. And, you know, guys, I didn't come to this, you know, a week after, you know, I got out of the hospital and I was, you know, laying on the couch. This was the process for me. This was, and this is continually, this is a continual process for me up to this very moment. Um, what I'm does just, that look
1: like if you can if you can share that? What is that this you know continual uh, um, experience of forgiveness? If if uh, even like, how long how long has it been since the accident?
3: Well, it's been five years.
1: Five it's years, been, okay.
3: Since the accident, well, I think that the 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 process for me is is my practice, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is is finding the time to get quiet. At least once or a few times a day, um, and when I do that, the practice of, of becoming aware, and you know what I teach in my MBSR and, and and my mindfulness workshops is that mindfulness is not a place we get to; it's not a state. It's mm. no, no passcodes or secret handshakes. <laughs> you know, in, in we're continue you know we're continuing down the path of, of, of always coming back to the, the place of awareness the awareness of the good and the if, and the bad if we, if we had to use words to categorize but you know pleasant and unpleasant you know um, so for me uh, it's always a work in progress and right. the more that I practice the more I can kind of tune into coming back to a place of recognizing this is not my story. You know, I'm, I'm not, there
1: you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know what?
3: Yeah. It really, it
1: no, is- letting go of that story. Like if you're, if you're, if you're in the, um, the, the victim mind, you just keep telling that story. Why did I get hit by this? You know, why did this happen to me? And, and, and then all the feelings come along with it and then all your actions based on those feelings. And you start living your life in a way that you're constantly um, living in this, in this state and this feeling of, of being victimized instead of forgiving and letting go yeah. and, and, and then stepping into what you talked about um, being um, you know, just being present. And uh, one thing also I thought I'd share with, with, with all of us um, is what are the effects of holding onto a grudge? Because you talked about, you know what, I love how you you're tying mindfulness into this. It's like, and re- mindfulness is, Uh, You know getting to that place of awareness and being present in the moment and if you're holding on to this grudge Listen to this. This is the the side effects for holding on to a grudge if you're uh, if you're unforgiving You might bring anger and bitterness into every relationship and experience Become so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't enjoy the present uh, become depressed or anxious feel that your life lacks meaning or purpose or that you're at odds with your spiritual beliefs and last lose value and enriching connectedness with others. That's what holding a grudge and, um, and being the victim and not forgiving, um, are some of the side effects. Yeah. Um,
3: Well, and I, I, again, you know, you're, you're shedding a lot of light on what I referenced as far as the energy, if we can look at it as energy and see it as a, you know, a, a, a cyclical event, you know, where there's no, you know, we want to put boundaries on things, you know, we want to, it, it, the energy is not linear in my, my, in, in, from my perspective. And, and from where I sit, I see that as, you know, like you said, if I'm holding on to that, then it does manifest into my words, actions, speech, etc., mm-hmm. And that happens, yeah. you know, more than we, it, it's constantly happening. You know, I mean, we're human you know and so we've got to we've got to first give ourselves you know a break and and recognize that you know we're 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 going to experience that but the fact so finding a mindfulness practice allowed me to just see it for what it was and mm. not linger and, and not lingering doesn't it doesn't mean pushing down or suppressing these feelings again this is something that you know I think is critical in the teaching of mindfulness it's becoming aware and simply noticing almost welcoming it as a friend if we would you know we, we, we don't we don't push away or suppress you know the the joy and the happiness but we certainly know that there those are transient moments too just like you know the feeling of anger or resentment that somebody nearly killed me and i know a lot of people might that are listening might think yeah but that is a really major major thing well it sure is but again it's no different than stubbing my toe and then walking around for the rest of the afternoon angry that i you know was such a fool and i was so clumsy you know i'm in pain at the moment right mm, you know mm. so there it is, aha, I see you pain, I see you anger, I see you resentment, and how am I going to care for it you know what 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 are the practices that I can do to to care
2: for that so yeah okay. I mean for, for what you is, just mentioned there with the <clears throat> the stubbing the toe right like uh Rick Hansen uh who's well known in the in the mindfulness space um he's he's written um several books on this, including the the Buddha's brain or Buddha's mind. I'm forgetting right now. But uh, yeah, fantastic. And, And he talks in his book about resilience, about how when we get hurt, there's actually multiple arrows that we experience. One is the actual initial arrow, quote unquote, of the pain itself. And then the next one is the arrows that we feel that we throw at ourselves for getting hurt. Like, hey, like you said, with the stubbing your toe, I'm, I'm such an idiot. I stub my toe. And then, you know, other, other, arrows that we throw at the things that get in the way or the people that get in the way. So for instance, in the stubbing the toe anecdote, Hey, you, you're an idiot for stubbing your toe. And now you convince yourself that that thing that you stubbed your toe on is stupid or, you yeah. know, a person that a person that you ran into, um, they are stupid. And in obviously in the scenario where the, on the bike, there was the initial pain, of the instant. Then there was a, hey, I should in the wrong place. I should have been paying more attention. And these are all potential arrows. And then arrows that you could have been throwing at that individual and causing your yourself and uh, yourself more harm and ache than anything else. I mean, you're not going to actually get that individual back by throwing those, um, those arrows, if you will. But I want to also come back to, what you mentioned in regards to the MBSR mindfulness based stress reduction, being a part of your process of forgiveness. So mindfulness based stress reduction one, if you could kind of kind of unpack that for our audience, what that is. And then it sounds as though it's almost mindfulness based forgiveness or mindfulness based grudge reduction in a way. Um, Could you just unpack what MBSR is for the audience and how, that was part of the process and what you would have done without it or how you would have done without it. Sure. Yeah.
3: Mindfulness-based stress reduction was actually founded uh, by uh, a gentleman named John Kabat-Zinn and uh, just sort of the, the you know, the, the brief background and then how I came to find it. Um, in the late 70s, uh captain was working at the University of Massachusetts Hospital. Uh, now, he, his background, you know, incredibly brilliant man. His background was molecular biology and he was working in the sciences field. But uh, he was a seeker as well. And You know, he, he had spent a good deal of time uh, studying Eastern traditions, you know, from B- Buddhism to, you know, uh the, the the vedic traditions etc and uh, he, you know he brought he brought his uh he brought his practices back here to the us and while working at the hospital um again this is in like 78 79 you know um the hospital was receiving a lot of men coming in with severe ptsd and uh back then you know ptsd wasn't really thrown around a lot you know in the parlance of 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 um disorders right you know we didn't know much about it um but these were Vietnam veterans that were coming back with severe addiction issues uh substance abuse um you know running the running the gamut of all mental dis- disease and kabat said bring them my way right and so he had set up a clinic in the basement of the hospital and began teaching an eight-week course where participants were coming in uh, once a week for two hours and going through the practices that he felt uh, would help to lessen the degree to which we experience disease and stress. Uh, MBSR does not make any claims to to heal or to salve, uh, you know our physical or emotional pain, but what it does is p- it puts us in more direct contact with the awareness that's created. You know, he said, Kevin said, and I think this will be helpful. He, he defines mindfulness as mindfulness as an awareness. And that awareness, by the way, is in it, we all have it. You know, it, it's within us all. He said that the mindfulness is an awareness when, when we pay attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. And, and, and the key to that, and, and what I stress when I teach the course, is those those first few words of that definition, which is mindfulness is an awareness. There's nothing more to it. There's nothing more to the, the fact of just simply paying attention and becoming aware. So, um, you know, in my time of recovery... Um, I just, I dug in deep, you know, I was, I was reading books. I read full catastrophe living by Jon Kabat-Zinn uh, you know, really started to hone in on my meditation practice. And I was lucky enough to actually be close to La Jolla, California where university of California, San Diego and the center for mindfulness and integrative studies um, is located. And I jumped in both feet, took the eight week course myself, and realized that um, there was something more for me. There was a calling to share what I had gone through. I started to make the, the connection between my mindfulness practice and how it was helping me directly with my, my accident and my recovery. And um, after the eight-week course, you know, a period of time had lapsed a bit uh, where life just got busy, but it always kept pulling me back to teach, to teach. And I
2: finally jumped in and
3: took my, you know, teacher training course and, and, and now I'm teaching the course to, to others. Yeah.
2: And, and without that mindfulness-based stress reduction, how do you feel your journey to forgiveness or through forgiveness or with forgiveness, however you want to define it, how do you think that would have been different?
3: I like to think about, uh, it's funny, I, I sort of look at it as a software upgrade. Uh, <laughs> I kind of refer back, you know, to, you know, John 1.0 and maybe I'm 1.1 no. or 2.0 for, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's a great question. I, I, I'd I like to think that um, maybe I would have responded the same way, uh, but I think history would show that you know I would have probably held on pretty tight, mm. and just and and just watching people close to me suffer was just so hard. You know, I mean, my fa- my parents, my you know family, loved ones, friends, you know, uh, people in, in the the cycling community. I mean, people were rattling their sabers, and I was so completely lucky and eternally grateful for those that were out there trying to find this person, because look, this isn't about, you know, just, you know, let it go, you know, and there's a part of letting go. There's, there's certainly the acceptance and the letting go that we have to personally, you know, that's our own journey, but this isn't about, about, you know, saying, you know, don't, seek justice. That's, that's not, that's not where I come from. And again, you know, I mean, I I just was completely, there was, there was no searching for me, you know, to find this person and to, you know, I was left to basically heal. And that was what was important to me. And I think that that's what drove me to ask for forgiveness, to know that I can't hold on to this. So it's become so much more today you know and the 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 path to forgiveness and it's not it's not easy there it is hard to let go when we feel justified right and so i've heard you know the term righteous indignation you know where we just absolutely you know this is I'm, I'm born. I'm, I, I've got, you know, God given rights, our birthright to hold on to this anger because, you know, something as tragic <laughs> as being hit by a car. But I'm here to say that, you know, I'm healthier and happier because I didn't hold on, I think.
1: Yeah, we have uh, um, a very sensitive, overly sensitive society, I feel, in some ways. And if your feelings are hurt um, by, somebody for whatever, for an action, for something they said, you know, it could lead into, uh, or kind of feed into, you know, some of that, uh, cancel culture. And, uh, and really, I, I think a, a big part what I'm learning about, uh, from you and f- about forgiveness is it takes a tremendous amount of, uh, compassion, which requires maturity, which requires, uh, self-reflection, um and objectification of 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 the story and the experience itself i mean the experience in the past I and mean, you can keep living it and living it and living it again and wanting to bring this person to justice and or you know get revenge or see something horrible happen to them or you know um and uh i think just by forgiveness is going or what what we're you know we're talking about here in a lot of ways is going to help you bring you back up into that heart space which is where that empathy lives, which is where compassion comes through, which is where the, where, where you'll find your internal peace, which will help to create more peaceful relationships in, in, in the world. Um, and uh, uh, it's, it's a, I feel, I feel if we just would have uh, take some time to understand people instead of just canceling them or, or not forgiving them, Uh, because even if you cancel them and they're no longer in your space, like you're still holding on to something, Mm -hmm. you know, there's gotta be some sort of, I I imagine in in those circumstances, there's gotta be still some sort of bitterness and resentment there. Um, And this is just can be a really valuable tool to just help heal, not just ourselves, but I feel so much of the, the problems that we have in our world right now is, is, is that inability to forgive and, and to hold on to, you know circumstances and people and feelings and stories and and you know we talked about what happens if we don't move beyond what it does to all of our relationships it's not just that one instance that or that one person you're canceling but it starts to create like almost a, a, a cascade of canceling because because uh, you're still living in that story from that one transgression that uh might have happened so so long ago yeah yeah
3: um you know try Let's see if we can try and make this connection. Um, yeah,
1: please.
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll use I'll use an example I think that might that might help. Um, you know, during during the time uh, after the accident, you know, I, I I was getting so many messages from people, you know, and 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 some of them were really really strong, you know, very very strong, you know, a strong language uh things that uh, these people would do to the other person if they had ever found them and you know you can just imagine right you know and this is this is completely natural i mean this is this is our this is our human this is our our mind in in protect mode yeah but i had a sense that see if i can try i'm going to try and make this connection to compassion um in thinking about how we want to seek retribution justice revenge and i see it as the egoic mind attempting to protect us i know that if i can go deeper i know that that person would not want to to have that thought about them or those actions placed upon them. Mm -hmm. And this is the connection that I think is important when we talk about compassion, you know, and, and wishing others well, even your worst enemy. And to your point, you know, we get into this cancel culture and we're, we're, we're constantly cascading down uh, our fear. you know this is something that is again, if we look at the cycle of energy, I keep going back to this as a nonlinear event, this is this is generational. this gets passed on you know mm. all the way down you know family lineage. And um if we're if we're raising our children, you know, properly or, you know, with loving, lovingly with compassion and kindness and, and understanding, then that's something, you know, that, you know, moves, it it can move in that direction in a positive way. But as a culture, as a society here in the West, especially, you know, we're, we're really facing challenging times here. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're picking, we're picking and choosing sides and, and, you know, be becoming ideologues and, and It's a really, it's a, and it, and when you look at it, it's all bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it really yeah. is, you know, it really, none, of, it doesn't matter, you know, it, it, at, at the core of, of our being, we're all so interconnected in so many ways. And, 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 and I would say, well, just look at the example of, would you want someone, you know, to, to, to come to your house in the middle of the night and, you know tear you out of bed and, you know, and, and kill you or, or hurt you or harm you, you know, because they've done something wrong to you. You know, it's like, let the mechanisms of, of our, of our institutions handle that. Right. You know, and, and, and I have to trust that that's the case. I mean, that, that's a whole other, you know, conversation as far as, you know, what, what the justice system, you know, you know, it does, does it need fixing and whatnot, but I have to be able to have optimism and, and hope that, you know, we live in a society that will, you know, take care of us. And so it, we're best to take care of each other. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I want to touch on a, a couple of things uh, and then uh, we've got about 10 minutes, John, I don't know what your timeline is. If, if you have more than that, I'd love to keep talking because this is a fascinating conversation and, and a very important conversation that our listeners I think need to hear yeah. Um, so I, I saw you give this, so I'm assuming that's more than 10 minutes. That's great. Perfect. All right. Um, well, what I want to talk about that we haven't really touched on too much is, is, uh, is personal forgiveness. We've talked a lot about forgiving somebody who has wronged you. But a lot of the time we all walk around with this sense of guilt, um, sense of pain, because of something that we are holding on to for something that we did to ourselves or maybe to someone else. Can we talk about ways to forgive ourselves?
3: Hmm. Yeah, that is where it starts. Yeah. It always has to. Yeah. Um, We can't be our best to those in our life that we care for, family, loved ones, our community, until we know that we have a sense that we're whole and complete. And the process through which I've been discovering this truth of knowing we're born live and die whole and complete in the image of something far greater than just what we think in our thinking minds is allowing myself to be forgiven forgiving myself you know um i have i have a good friend back in san diego and He would say, every Thursday, it's let him off the hook. It's not (laughs) not only letting others, but every Thursday, for whatever reason, just Thursday was the day that he decided to pick to just let people and himself off the hook if you can just do it once (laughs) You know instead and, uh,
1: of throwback Thursdays, John, we're gonna start a movement of, of letting your shit go on Thursdays. Right. And forgive yourself Thursday. Anyway, sorry, John, or Mr. Obati, I don't mean to cut you off, but
3: You guys ought to I think it's wonderful, you know. I think yeah. you know and and so you know coming to this knowing that, you know, everything's okay. It always has been, it always will be. And uh, th- this, is a, this is an example of tuning back into living presently as best mm. as we can. And when we can live presently, we know in this moment, in this very moment, how am, how am I feeling, you know, and checking in with yourself and, and, and trusting, you know, um, in the MBSR course, we go through the attitudinal foundations of mindfulness, and there's several. But within those, non-judgment, trust, acceptance, letting go—you know th- these are just a few. Trusting, meaning that we have to trust that we have everything, we have all of the tools already. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, we don't, we don't need to go outside of any, of ourselves or for anything. Uh, but it is more about. Turning back in. So, yeah, I, I, I hope that, you know, sort of touched on your question about, you know, personally allowing ourselves off the hook. Then the more you do it, the easier it becomes to let others off the hook. Right. You yeah. know, because it goes all the way back to, you know, what you were saying, Will, about, you know, holding on, you know, holding on to, you know, you, the, the definition of a grudge truly manifests into disease. You know, and that's, you know, sickness in the mind and the body, you know, I mean, if you if you do believe in, you know, psychosomatic and, you know, in a mind body connection, and we certainly know that science can prove this and, and points to the fact that, you know, when we have our bodily disease, much of it can be attributed to, you know, where we are in our own psychological and mental
1: capacity, right? So, yeah, Um uh, I thought it'd be nice so we, we. This is a big part of our show, John, uh, or, or Commander John. That's what <laughs> I call you, John. That's what I call you, John. <laughs> and so, <laughs> is uh, how much does uh, vulnerability play um, in forgiveness? Because I mean, it, it, just hearing it, it's it, it, in order to forgive yourself. Uh, there's got to be a tremendous amount of vulnerability in order to forgive others. Uh, or, or, or to ask for forgiveness from others is is a big vulnerable act as well. So I thought we can maybe bring vulnerability into this conversation because it's uh, it's something that um, men, for sure, have a lot of trouble experiencing and expressing, and and being in a state of vulnerability. And and if you're going to ask for forgiveness or or try to receive forgiveness, there there's definitely a vulnerability that's required in order to to act in such a way
3: yeah Yeah. uh what a great point being vulnerable is is really i think the the linchpin to setting ourselves free and speaking speaking your truth yeah Mm -hmm. there's no doubt about it i i um i lean heavily heavily on my community, you know, I my sangha, you know, uh, a group of a group of men that I I speak to at least once a week formally, you know, if not several times during the week. And uh, the only advice I'd say is get comfortable with it as soon as you can, because the more you do it, like anything we do in our practice, uh, the easier it becomes to open your heart, you know, and. Mm. And, and I've yet to be turned away, laughed off the stage, so to speak, or or shunned by anyone when I'm honest. You know, wow. yeah. And and that, again, creates the that motion of energy, you know, or or it or it allows that that motion of energy to affect others, you know, where where people become disarmed by uh, truth and honesty and, and someone being vulnerable, which then they can relate to perhaps, or at least, you know, when I say disarmed, I think, you know, many, many times we go into, you know, uh, communication, perfect example, you know, um, you know, we, we sort of tend to have a a thought about how things are going to what the outcome is going to be while we're in the middle of a conversation right you know Mm -hmm. and so you know tuning back into just being honest vulnerable and being a good listener you know those few things those few skills as a practice can do so much for Allowing people to to make the connection with each other, you know, in in a more meaningful way, and disarm people from their story about what they think it should be or how the outcome should be before it's even happened. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Thanks. Any uh, any practices or suggestions to practice vulnerability from your experience, especially? It sounds like you're in some sort of men group, men's group. Like, how does that uh, um, vulnerability, you know, stay amongst the men, if you will? Or, and what are ways that you, uh, if there are exercises or something that you do, or or, or ways that you act and are on our being in that group that help to continually bring that energy of vulnerability into the group, which which ultimately brings it to yourself.
3: Well, you know. F- one doesn't have to look far for, you know, uh, finding people to share with this. You know, I mean, these are these are close friends of mine that I've known for many years, um, and just through having conversations one-on-one and starting to form a you know a group of of friends to get together in person, and you know, especially during the pandemic, it was wonderful to be able to at least, you know. Get on a Zoom call once a week, you know, and and spend a couple hours, an hour and a half, or whatever it was, just talking about where we're at in our life, you know. And this isn't uh, this isn't a therapy session. This isn't anything other than just friends getting honest with where they are, whether it's their their relationships or their career or their own fears, you know. And uh, starting with something like that and then having accountability you know so holding each other accountable you know we we call it we call each other out on our on our stuff you know and that has to happen and there's there has to be an element of thick skin involved but when you know and you trust that it's coming from a place of love anything can be said anything can be said yeah. and sometimes yeah. you need to hear you know and again you know, perception is one's own uh, view of the world. However, when a, few, when a few people are starting to, you know, sort of chime in that, uh, you know, hey, John, you're isolating, we haven't heard from you, or, you know, I mean, you know, then it's time to pay attention, you know, and, and to be able to, to, to know that you've got a good group of people um, and this can be friends, family, your church, your sangha, w- w- whatever it is, but just, I think, reaching out, you know, and being honest.
2: Yeah. We have a, an episode uh, nice. on the power of accountability and, and, you know, being a part of a group that holds you accountable. But one thing we didn't cover in that episode, which I love what you just said there, knowing that when somebody's holding your feet to the fire is that it's coming from a place of love. And that's uh, that's huge. I love that. Um, well, I think I think we're coming to the the end of the show here, um, John. Yeah. For our, our listeners, for our viewers, if they wanted to find out more about you, about the work you're doing, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
3: Well, well, thank you. Uh, my website, mindfulfoundations.org, or you can. Uh, Find us on Instagram at Mindful Foundations One Zero One.
2: Excellent, excellent. And then, uh, as as we mentioned before, we hit record on this. Um, we wrap it up with a, a closing practice, and we would love if you would do the honors. Uh, wrap up the show with that closing practice, and then we'll we'll call it done. Well, that
3: sounds great. Yeah. Well, let's uh, we'll let's have a a, a very short. Uh, loving kindness, meta meditation. So mm, yes, you. Great. Wherever you're sitting, just simply get comfortable in your chair or wherever you are. Close your eyes. and just tune into your breath for a moment. Just focusing on the inhale, Sensing the air flowing through your nostrils, filling the belly and letting it out. Becoming present with your body, feeling your body seated here in the chair or wherever you are. Just tuning into this moment. And just seeing in your mind's eye You and your expression and wanting to be happy, to feel peace and love and joy and safety. Feel all the warm wishes and kindness from the people around you that love you in your life. And send those warm wishes back out to those people that are close to you. Now shift your awareness now to someone that may have caused you difficulty or harm. Perhaps an argument or something that maybe you're still holding on to, something that may have hurt you. And like you, that person also wishes to feel joy and happiness and safety and well-being. Send out your warm wishes and ask yourself to simply allow those feelings just to let go. And just repeat this mantra to yourself silently. To all beings, may you live with happiness, peace, joy, and well being. May you live with happiness, peace, joy, and well being. And take a deep breath in, and let it out. And you can come back to your place of being here, and open your eyes, and enjoy all
2: the well wishes. That was fantastic, John. And uh, I, it was such a perfect meditation. For- for for what I just experienced, because I, I work in this co-working space, I have have people walking by, and I I heard them, and and there was this natural reaction, like I wanted, <laughs> like I was like, shut up, we're in the middle of a meditation, <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, we're in a meditation, a loving kindness meta meditation, let's forgive them, let's let they've got their own lives, they don't know what's going on in my office, let's. Just move past that. And and for those watching, you may you may have noticed my face tensed up, and I was angry. And then I was like, "Wait a minute, relax." And and this meditation was so perfect. So thank you for that, John. yes
3: let it go, man. That's all we can do. Yeah,
2: Uh, Yeah,
1: I I I was in the space. I'm like, John, I wish you would have turned your goddamn mic off. I did. Turn it off.
2: You know, I (laughs) I, I turned it off. I was like, turn it off. And I was like, "Wait a minute, just relax, relax about it." All. Yeah, the
1: same thing. And I was like, "No, it's all good. It's all good." It's all good. <laughs> so, <laughs> practice every. I, I guess that's a point too. It's practice all the time. It's not Everything. you know. It's great to have your 20 minutes of your meta meditation or or your mindfulness reduction meditation. You know, it, and and that's really becomes the foundation to help you throughout the day consistently excuse me letting go forgiving being vulnerable being seen being authentic it's it's available the practice is all day long every day it's, every year yeah. you know um, so yeah uh, John, i'll leave,
3: you, I'll leave yeah. you with this just you know whatever whatever you're faced with challenges in life you know people places things and just ask yourself teacher or tormentor teacher mm. or tormentor yeah
1: like well, everything. Know.
3: Everything's a teaching guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it really is. And and thank you for what you taught us today about forgiveness and the capacity to forgive and the, and really there's a, the power of forgiveness. It's all there. Um, but you have, it's something that, that, that must be exercised is something that, uh, requires also self-reflection and going within so you can be more effective, um, with on the outside with forgiving. Um, so I think that's the show, everybody. Uh, John sure. Abate, thank you so much for joining us today. John McCaskill, Commander McCaskill. Coma- Comas- Com- oh my goodness, McCaskill. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for and everybody out there. Uh, you know, hey, th- thanks for liking, for sharing, for reviewing, for for or, or, you know spreading the word of mindfulness uh, through men talking mindfulness because uh, we're here to make the world for everybody, not just men, a better place and more peaceful place to live, so we can uh, have all enriching and fulfilling lives. So.
2: I think that's it, guys. Yeah. That's it. And John, if you would just hang tight for a second after our closing music, we'll talk to you for a second. But thank you very much for being here. And again, thank you to our audience. Until next time, peace. Peace, peace. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining Will and John on Men Talking Mindfulness. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share it with your friends and family. And please, we would appreciate a review too. Until next time, this has been Men Talking Mindfulness. Thanks for showing up.